We're going to continue our study of prayer this morning. We're going to be in, as you can probably tell from the memory verse, we're going to be in Matthew 26. If you want to turn to Matthew 26 this morning, we're going to be in, that, in the prayer that of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We have, uh, we have been studying prayer. We've been looking at uh, G- how Jesus teaches us to pray. We started with the Lord's, uh, Lord's Prayer, Disciples' Prayer, Model Prayer, whatever you know it as, and we saw the elements of that, and we're going to see some of those elements today. We, uh, we talked about persistent prayer last week, how you got to keep at it, keep at it, keep praying. Pray until something happens, push. And we've also seen uh, the difference between babbling and a lot of words and authentic prayer, prayer that engages the heart, the mind, before it engages the lips. So authentic prayer. We're going to really see that today as we talk about passionate prayer today. Pray with passion. And so let's read Matthew 26. It is up here behind me. Matthew 26, starting in verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to, his, to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, so you couldn't stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. See, my betrayer is near. So let's first talk about the context In the context here, just prior to this, Jesus has had what we know as the Last Supper or the First Lord's Supper, uh, the First Communion. He's had that. They have, he's told them he is going to die. He's told them that that I I am going to die for you. And and then they go for, they sing a hymn together. So they're doing church. (laughs) And And then they go from there for a walk up, onto the Mount of Olives. And as they're walking along at the Mount of Olives, he tells them, you are all going to betray me. You are all going to leave me. And of course, all of them say, not me. Maybe him, but not me. And Peter says, oh, I'll go to the death with you. And Jesus tells him, no, you're going to betray me, actually. You're going to deny knowing me three times before sunrise. And of course, we know that happens. But then then he takes Peter, James, and John, kind of his inner circle, and they go to, to Gethsemane. Now, Gethsemane is a garden that's, that's on the lower slope of Mount Olives. It's east of the, the Temple Mount. 
and they go here to, to, to pray. And so they get together, and Jesus says, pray with me. Pray with me. Jesus is in anguish. It says he's sorrowful and troubled and, and to the point of death. This is, uh, the, the word sorrowful and troubled in Greek is, is more literally distressed and depressed. We know how this feels, right? We know what it feels like to be distressed and depressed and in anguish. We know these feelings. And so what does Jesus do with those feelings? He asks his friends to pray with him. Now, we often feel these things, but somehow we have the idea, well, I'm a Christian, I shouldn't feel this way, so I'm embarrassed about feeling this way, so I'm not going to tell anybody. If you think that, that you should be embarrassed by being distressed and depressed and in anguish, Jesus wasn't. He asked his friends to pray with him. We need to do the same. We need to ask friends to pray with us. Up to this point, this has, has really been about our individual prayer. It's between us and God. Now we see Jesus is saying, pray with me, pray for me. Praying with others and for others is, is important as well. I've said since we started this study that prayer is vital to the Christian life. It's vital to your Christian walk. Well, it's also vital to pray with and for others. Jesus shows us right here. He shows us. He is, he is feeling anguish and, and to the point of, of death worse than probably we feel. Now, I say that because in Luke 22, where, where Luke tells the, the story of the prayer in the garden, he is, Jesus is sweating blood. He is deeply troubled. And yet, what does he do with that? He asks his friends to pray with him. We need to be bold enough that when we feel this way, to ask our friends to pray with us. Jesus did. I think we can too. And, and Jesus' prayer is, let this cup pass from me. He says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Now, I pointed this out before, but I think it's, it's vital for, for our understanding. It's really kind of a critical point. Jesus knows God is not going to answer this, this prayer with yes. He knows it when he prays it. He knows why he's here. He's just told his disciples why he's here. He's just told them that he came to die in their place to save them. He knows why he's here. He knows what his mission is. And yet he prays, God, can there be a, a plan B? And he doesn't just do it once. He prays it three times. Can there be a plan B? I think we need to understand why Jesus prays a prayer he knows God will not answer yes. God is not going to change this situation, but he is going to change Jesus for the situation. Because you see Jesus go from let this cup pass to your will be done. We see that progression through this passage. We see that Jesus receives what he needs. Now, all too often, 
we think, well, I'm not going to pray for that because God's never going to answer that with yes. Jesus did. He prayed. He poured out his heart. Whatever was, was his desire, whatever was on his heart, he poured it out to his Father. We can too. Don't try and guess what God's going to say yes to. Just pray it. Pray it. Passionately pray it. Pour out your heart to your Father. Because what we see in, this, in the progression of this is God changing Jesus, not the situation. He doesn't change the situation. Jesus still has to die on the cross. He still has to go the, through the betrayal and the trials and the beatings and the whipping and the crucifixion. He still has to do all of that. God didn't change it, but he changed Jesus for it. He gave Jesus the strength he needs to do it. And the disciples, they, they slept through it. They slept through it. What do we learn from the disciples? Well, I think one thing, I would make this point. If someone asks you to pray with them, do it right then. <laughs> Don't let it sleep. Don't say, I'll, I'll, I'll put that on my list. Uh, you know, I'll catch you on Thursday morning. No, pray with them right then. Pray with them or for them as soon as possible. Because think about what the disciples missed as they slept through this. They missed Jesus in one of the most vulnerable moments we see in Scripture. They missed the, the opportunity to connect with him on a level that he has not shown them to this point. They miss being a part of Jesus being strengthened for the, for the mission that God has for him. They miss all that because they're napping. They, they, they have a full belly from dinner, went for a little walk, sang a hymn, went for a little walk. Now it's nap time. They missed it. What might you miss if someone asks you to pray for them? What might you miss if you don't pray? You might miss an opportunity to connect with them. You might miss an opportunity to bring them before God. Do you know what an honor it is to be asked to pray for somebody? Do you know what an honor it is to bring somebody before God? You miss all of that if you don't pray when someone asks. So pray, when people, pray with people, for people, when they ask you. Because Jesus has victory in prayer. Now, it is, this is my opinion. I will preface it with that statement. This is my opinion. But I believe that the victory over sin and death at the cross begins right here. I think it begins right here because Jesus coming into the garden doesn't want any of it. And leaving the garden, he does it all. He's got the strength he needs. He's got the courage he needs. He's got the power he needs to do all of this. I think the victory over sin and death at the cross starts with the victory in prayer he has right here. God still didn't change the situation, but he changed Jesus. He strengthened him. He gave him courage. He gave him everything he needed for this task that God had for him. Gave him everything. 
And I think the victory Jesus has at the cross starts right here with victory in prayer. You and I can have victory in prayer. All we need to do is pour out our hearts to God, as, as Jesus does here. Pour out your heart. Don't try and guess what God's going to say yes to. Don't, don't try and, and, and guess what God's answer is even going to be. Just pour out your heart. Remember, we have seen in this, God already knows what you need before you ask. That was, uh, that's in the Lord's Prayer, Disciples' Prayer, Model Prayer, whatever you call it. It says that God already knows what you need. So what does God want? He wants to hang out with you. He wants time with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to, to pour out your heart to him because he cares that much. Pour out your heart. Pray with passion and pray persistently as, as Jesus does here. We have to, what we, what we must remember is that God's economy is completely different. For us to have victory, we have to surrender. For us to, to receive, we have to give. For us to have victory, we surrender. For us to have this kind of victory, of victory in prayer, we must submit. We must submit to the Father's will. We must submit to the Father that loves us. We can't lose sight of that. God's economy, God, the, the way things work with God is completely opposite of the way it, it works here on this planet. If you want victory, surrender. Surrender to the God that loves you. Jesus is changed by his passionate prayer. This isn't a hit-and-run prayer. This isn't a one-and-done prayer. He does it three times. He pours out his heart to God, knowing God is not going to answer it with yes. So why does Jesus pray it? Because Jesus, I think Jesus knew he was going to receive what he needed for the, to do the will of God. I think, I think that he knew that, that what he was going to receive in asking for something God was not going to give him, he was going to get the strength and the courage that he needed to do the will of God. That's what I think. I think Jesus prays it for that reason. And I think we should pray it for that same reason. Don't guess what he's going to answer. Pour out your heart passionately. Pour out your heart to your Father. Let him decide. Be ready to be strengthened. Be ready to be changed. Sometimes, as we see here, God doesn't change the situation. He changes you in the situation or for the situation. That's what happened with Jesus. He was changed from let this cup pass to your will be done. From sweating blood to, at the end, let's go, my betrayer's here. I'm ready to do this. That's what can happen with us if we pray with passion. We pray authentically. If we pray for what we truly desire. Will you pour out your heart to God and receive what he gives? He does not send stuff to you. He gives you himself when you ask. He gives you himself when you need. 
God knows what we need before we ever ask. Yeah, we need him. We need him. And that's what he gives when we pour out our hearts. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. If you hear nothing else today, hear this. Pour out your heart to your Father. Don't try and guess what He's going to answer. Don't try and, and, and sort out your prayer before you pray. Pour out your heart. Because God is ready to, ch to change your situation or to change you in the situation. God's ready. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, that, that we can pour out our hearts, that we can ask for, for things that, that we don't even think you're going to give us a yes answer to. But we can pour out our hearts because you love us that much. You desire to hear from us that much. Help us to come to you when we're distressed and depressed and in anguish. Help us to ask for others to, to come to you with. Keep us mindful of this prayer of Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.